the future. A relentless, desperate wasteland ravaged by nuclear war. With the destruction of the internet and search engines such as Google, accurate information about the past is traded like currency. Two brave travelers are commissioned with the dangerous task of going back through time to gather as much information as they can to find out about the late 20th and early 21st centuries in hopes that a future society may rebuild what was lost and avoid the horror of a smoldering radioactive planet. But there is a catch. The travelers journey back across eons of time is a one-way trip, leaving them stranded in the past. There's no way to communicate their findings to the future other than burying reinforced time capsules in the ground. In the hopes that one day recordings such as these will be unearthed to provide a glimpse of the world that once was. This is the mission of the crispy coated robots. And it must succeed. It's Jim. And it's Joseph. And it's George. Welcome to Crispy Coded Robots, episode number 121. 121 episodes. And this this week we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, At least I don't remember doing anything like this. Uh, Gentlemen, would you care to explain? It's a family affair. It's a family affair. I was doing the version we didn't have to pay for, George. Oh, well, you talk to Tom. <laughs> I have nothing to do with what Tom. Okay. I, I am not Tom's keeper. It's it's so. movies that feature uh, one or I mean, two or more family members. I think that's the best way to say it. Uh, yeah. People that are related in the same movie in major roles, because, you know, we can have uh, the, the actors are yes, related, not Mark, the characters. Mark, like Mark yeah. Hamill had his sons and some of the Star Wars and all that stuff is like right. extras and stuff. But like Mark that. Hamill would not be as Luke Skywalker would not be related to Princess Leia, his sister. Spoiler. Uh, the characters are related. The actors are actors. Oh, are man. Y'all, y'all have me screwed up here because. What was the name of that song? That he was, that he was singing? Yeah, what was it? I thought it was a family ad affair. Oh. I always thought it was a family ad affair. Oh, oh there man. you go. So he's leading into the second oh, topic, which is boy. lyrics. Uh, family ad affair? What? <laughs> what is that? I I man, I misunderstood the lyrics, which Coincidentally, uh, this is going to be the most expensive show ever. <laughs> yes, the most misunderstood lyrics. That's the second topic. We're very excited about this one. Yes, uh, I, 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 I personally uh, have excelled in this. Uh, yeah, gonna... I've, I've got quite a few, and then there's one that's going to get me in trouble with my wife. Because it's one that she misunderstood, and I'm going to talk uh, about it on the broadcast. So, all right, there we go. All right, all right so let's yeah. move on. Um, leave it alone. <laughs> let's Jeez. move on to let's go to the family affair. First, uh, number five for you, Joseph, movie featuring families in it that are, you know, families of actors. We've mentioned this uh, film before, it's a great one, it involves the brother sister duo of the Cusacks, 
That's right. Oh. Talking about gross point blank. Number five coming in. This uh, is my number one. This wow. is your number one. It's yes. it, they. They are. They are. Uh, they've done several things together. They've done broadcast news, high fidelity, uh, and of course, they started out with sixteen candles. Although Joan yeah. say anything, brief, say anything. You know. Yeah. But uh, this one is great because. Uh, they the the way they interact together on this is great. They're not they don't share physically the same scene together. They're always on the phone working together and all that. But uh, just yeah, two Joan, great actors. Joan is John's uh, handler. He's an assassin, and she's the handler. Yes. So there you go. Rose yeah. Point Blank. It makes the canister. I'm so excited. That is my number one. So Sweet. John and Joan Cusack. Okay, there we go. All right, so George, what is your number five? We know your number one. What's your number five? My number five, and I could have gone with this family. I could have gone so many different ways, okay? I'm talking about the Wyans, okay? Uh, but I, I settled for one of my favorite. Who? Uh, the Wyans. The Wyans. 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 I'm sorry, Wyans. Uh, but Damien <laughs> and Marlon. Um, in 1988, <laughs> make them sound like the Mayans. <laughs> well, there, there is a, a family of a bunch yeah. of singers, African-American singers called the Wyans. So yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But the yeah. Wayans. B.B. Wyans. Yes. Yes. Yeah. B.B. Wyans. Uh, C.C. Wyans. Yeah. Uh, actually, C.C. Wayan, I think. On that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, apologies. Uh, I do love, love some of these movies. Uh, 1988. I'm going to get you sucker. Uh, That's a good one. My wife and I, we saw that together and so many moments, uh, so many great moments in there. Uh, And then they get together again and do Mo Money in uh, 1992. Um, But uh, really that, that entire family, uh, they write and they produce and, you know, star in each other's films and everything. So, but that is my number five apologies weigh-ins. Not Wyans, <laughs> not BB and CC. Although, you know, they make they make great music. They do. I don't know if there've been any films, but uh, my number five because from two thousand one, it kind of edged out their previous efforts like Bottle Rocket, but it's Royal Tenenbaums, a Wes Anderson film that oh, features both Luke nice. Wilson and uh, Owen Wilson in it. This playing. is my number two. Yeah. So uh, I mean, Luke well, and is, the third brother's in it. The, the yeah, oldest yeah. brother's in yeah. it too. Brother I can't remember his name. Is, I wrote his name down. Andrew. And who's right. also in, um, he's in a bunch of their movies too. I mean, he's, yep. he's in, uh, I just watched Rushmore over the weekend and he's in, he's in West and they kind of pop up in these West Anderson movies. You'll just see one of them or two of them or three of them all together. You know, well, they're all, they're all graduates from St. Mark's high school, a private school in Dallas, Texas. And that's where they sort of got their start together and all that. So, yeah. uh, that's, that's, that's the connection between yeah. them. So good. I guess Andrew's yeah. most famous role is is the kind of the wrestler kind of guy in Idiocracy, who's out there with you know who's out he's like the main guy who the main the guy who slays everybody with the yeah. with the gun. Wasn't wasn't he also uh, in Dude Where's My Car? He's wasn't been in about tons of movies. I just I think did he that. he was the bully in that the Big Brother bully. I think. <laughs> Big Brother bully. So there you go. So this yeah. movie, of course, is uh, Wes Anderson, and it's one of it's it's typical fashion. It's got the whole you yeah. know setup with the like Rushmore with the, the the same print and everything. But uh, 
I like the the idea they're not actually brothers in this. You know, he's he's like uh, owns right. like a family friend and yeah, Eli Cash. Yeah, uh, and Owen uh, Wilson, Eli Luke Cash. is the tennis player, depressed tennis player who's in love with his sister or stepsister. Step, stepsister. Yeah. yeah, the Gwyneth Paltrow character. Paltrow, so, yeah. George, any, anything else you want to add? Uh, well, I I was focused more on their debut film, and of course, uh, Ten and Bombs came five years later. Uh, but Bottle Rocket, uh, that's Martin Scorsese says that's one of his top ten uh, films of the '90s. That's number seven for him. And uh, the history, though, with that, it scored the worst test screening points in cinematic history for Columbia Pictures at the time. And it, it bombed so badly at the box office that Owen Wilson, uh, he was about to join the Marines. Uh, he was like, uh, this acting thing, this is, this is not for me. Um, gratefully he didn't. And like we said, five years later, Royal Tenenbaums and many other things, you know, with Ben Stiller and whatnot, uh, uh, and, um, all those things that he did and the guilty pleasure. I'm an ex guilty pleasure show, which I watch all the time. It's on the internship, which is, the- <laughs> oh, you know, but you know, I, I, I'm so glad that this made it because this literally it's on my honorable mention list. This would have been my sixth choice on it. And it's because of bottle rocket, Royal Tannenbaum's. I love Royal Tannenbaum's, but I actually saw the now defunct, uh, Greenway Plaza, theater uh i saw ball rock on opening weekend and how did uh, they get james Kahn in that movie i still can't figure that, that out it's it's seriously it makes no sense at all that they got james Kahn in it because it is it was independent as independent could be oh, on yeah. it and it's so good the cadence that owen williams uh, uh oh Williams. uh <laughs> owen wilson well we are just George slaughtering yeah. names <laughs> Do you mean BB Owen BB Williams? Williams? <laughs> yes. Anyways, no, great, Remo great Williams. choice, guys. Great choice. I'm glad it's in. Did you I'm say glad. Remo Williams? That's what I was saying. <laughs> Remo <laughs> Williams. That's awesome. <laughs> I had to throw that in since you mentioned the Williams. Fred Ward, RIP. <laughs> um, okay, so let's move on now to the misheard lyric number five. Joseph, what you Oh, got? here we go. Okay, so this one I chose because uh, there are actually two lines that are messed up all the time in it. I'm talking about Rock the Casbah by, by The Clash because uh, people have often confused the lyrics. The sheep don't like it, rocking the Casbah, which is Sharif don't like it. Right. Yes, yes. You know, and the other one is uh, Rock the Casbah, rock, uh, it goes Rock the Cash Bar, Rock the Cash Bar. Yes. Jim, as a DJ, you probably have heard this at weddings all the time, people mispronouncing it all the time, where it's the Casbah. So there you go. The Clash, right? Nice. The Casbah. All right, George, you're number five. Hang on. I'm trying to spell Casbah. Right? <laughs> we'll be back after these messages. <laughs> yeah. Phonetic. Very, Just do it early intermission. You got you earlier go. intermission ready to go. <laughs> it, it's a, it's a very, uh, you got it. Very, uh, uh, well, okay. We got okay. it. Okay. Number right, five so, for you, George is what? Uh, okay. This is the one that's going to get me in trouble. Um, my wife and I, um, we were listening to Eric Clapton's Behind the Sun album um, from 1985. And there's a song on there called Forever Man. And the lyric is, uh, won't you be my forever woman? I'll try to be your forever man. You're forever man. You're forever man. You're forever man. And um, anyway, we're singing. And all of a sudden, 
I'm like, wait, what did, what did you sing? And she thought, I don't know why, but I'll be your bald headed uh, woman. <laughs> if you be my bald headed man. Now a bald headed <laughs> man, that's, that's not too weird. You know, that's actually stylish sometimes, but why would a woman uh, shave her head on purpose to be somebody's bald headed woman? Uh, and uh, that was in 1985. And we still, every now and then I'll, I'll bring it up and we laugh about it and everything, but uh, bald headed woman, bald headed man. Nice. All, all of my entries today are going to be very personal accounts, uh, either people that I know have misunderstood them or I myself, uh, the majority of mine are ones that I misunderstood. And, and one of them I found out as recently as, uh, about a year ago. Okay. (laughs) For all these years, an eighties hit, but, uh, bald headed woman, I'll be your bald headed woman. If you be my bald headed man. Nice. Number five for me, uh, when I first heard it as a kid, was done by Shaka Khan. It's called I'm Every Woman from 1978. Whitney Houston more famously did it on her Bodyguard soundtrack uh, in the 90s. But when I heard it as a kid, for some reason, I'm Every Woman didn't register. I thought it was Climb Every Mountain. Climb Every Mountain. <laughs> dun, 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 climb it. And then when I heard Whitney Houston do it, I said, wait, did she change the lyrics to Climb Every Mountain? <laughs> <laughs> That, nice. that great song that I love, Climb Every Mountain. Always, I'm Every Woman. I was just an idiot. So there you go. My number five entry is I'm Every Woman, a.k.a. Climb Every Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I must, must have got hit on the head watching uh, Sound of Music or something. I don't know. Uh, but uh, <laughs> on now to number four uh, for the Family Affair. Uh, what you got there, Joseph? 1987's Wall Street. I'm talking about the Sheen, Dad mm. and Son. This is my number four also. Okay, yeah, I think that this is this is a great one because they actually play father and son characters, yes. Uh, yes. and you have obviously uh, Charlie Sheen, who is the young up and comer stock market mogul, and you have his father, who is a union blue collar kind of guy, and is trying to show how you know Wall Street. Yeah, you insider know, trading. Yeah, yeah. Take, takes advantage of Main Street on it. I think it's a brilliant performance by both actors in it. Uh, I think that there was some some sincere moments that you could sort of see between these two guys. That it's like, yeah, I can tell that not only just that they look alike, but I can tell that there's like a real relationship there. It kind of set up Charlie for three, uh, two and a half men. I think this kind of was the lead in. Uh, <laughs> just joking. <laughs> No, but uh, I mean, Charlie was, you know, coming off platoon. It was Oliver Stone also too. So he was the hot, he had the hot hand now, Martin Sheen, 10 years earlier, eight years earlier, which is coming off apocalypse now. And he had the hot hand. So they both kind of come together in the middle here. So yeah, definitely. That's why, that's why it's my number four. And there is another movie, Joseph, that they both appear in though briefly. Streamers. Uh, Is it the garbage men one? No, he and his that, brother that, Emilio. That's, a, that's Emilio. That's yeah, I uh, mentioned for Joseph. No, in <laughs> hot in hot shots, uh, they're doing a a faux uh, apocalypse now thing, and they pass each other on boats, and they both point to each other. I loved you in Wall Street. <laughs> oh, that's that hilarious! That? Yeah, that's, that's right. That's great, that George. Scene. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Th- this was on my honorable mention, and uh, 
but I love that, that they acknowledge that silliness in, in those movies uh, about the, uh, the, oh, hey, here's dad again. Because what <laughs> happens is they start narrating as they do yeah, in the Apocalypse Now. Right. And the narrations, you start hearing this other voice. And overlapping it, it, yeah <laughs> and they're like wait what and and they look up and they see each other oh i love you in wall street nice uh, um, uh my course. number four yeah. uh these two next people were the first parent and child to receive academy award acting nominations for the same film i'm talking about on golden pond and it was best oh, actor man. and uh best supporting actress respectively three. Oh my net! Wow. This is my number two. Oh man! Oh well, man! We got a we got a three way here for this one. <laughs> Get my Henry Fonda ready. So keep on, just keep on talking. I'll pop. But uh, yo, Hen yo, Henry, <laughs> yeah, Henry Fonda plays Norman. Who really? Oh, the, the story is really simple. It's it's he's got this uh, strange relationship with his daughter Chelsea, played by Jane Fonda. And, uh, you know, the, the movie originally was supposed to be a vehicle. They were going to get Peter Fonda in there, but they couldn't figure out a part for Peter. Since yeah, he couldn't play Dabney Coleman because he was the boyfriend yeah, of Fonda. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, Dabney Coleman was in there for Bill little, Ray. It was but, oh, it was before uh, 9 to 5. Yeah. 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 But the uh, uh, it was the second highest grossing film of 1981 at the at the U.S. box office. And, um, but, uh, yeah, on golden pond with Henry and Jane. So the reason why this was my number two, uh, is because uh, I, I just love the background story behind it because they were sort of Jane was estranged from her father because of her political views yeah. in the 1960s. They really away Jane. Had, yeah. Yeah. They, they, they had sort of the separation and all that. And, so for them to come together, there are moments in that film where it's sort of echoing true to life. You know, they're, they're, the tension between the, the, the two actors sort of come onto the screen because the characters are sharing that strangeness relationship. So. Fonda was super a, Ill, Ill, Ill at the point, you know, you know, you know yeah. Yeah. his last role, he passed away. She had to pick up the Oscar for him because of the, uh, him being so sick. So there, There's a scene where... Uh, and this wasn't planned, but uh, as actors, you know, they'll, they'll do things differently each take. And there's a scene where Jane touches her father's hand. And in that moment, he, he starts to cry and that was real. And that's the take when you watch the movie, that's the take that they left in there, that unexpected touch, uh, you know, just kind of triggered some, some real emotion in him realizing that you know looking back over their relationship and how both of them had been responsible for the disconnect that it was but oh uh, george don't uh, be such an old poop yes yes <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i'm i'm glad they didn't uh give the uh bill ray character role to uh to peter that yeah. would have been that would have been dabney a little coleman, weird yeah they did a yeah. good job toning it down because usually after that he was you know dabney coleman nine to five dabney coleman modern problems sack lunch i'm a damn good looking man <laughs> uh, I'm, yeah I you guys get that. sack lunch uh i that, don't remember that that was the movie he was he was the fake movie he was in, in seinfeld they were gonna go see something of the they had oh dabney coleman and sack lunch i just i just remember him dropping that towel you know, 
Oh, and modern and, problems. And, and, I'm yeah, a damn good looking yeah. man. <laughs> Love that slide. <laughs> right. My favorite things, Brandenburg Concerto number four. <laughs> you know that movie. It's, it's kind of hard to find, but I, I, you, we do remember so many things from that. You know, the yeah. Sniffing all the powder. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So where are we now? So George finished his. Number four. Oh, that that was number four for him. Three for you. Two for me. So that that yeah. covered a lot of ground there. Yeah. Okay. So I guess we're we're on four for you, Jim. My number four is because three is taken. Oh no, we already did. Yeah, we did it. Wall Street. Wall Street. We did Wall Street? Yeah. So Sorry. Oh, wait, we, no, we shared my that. number three. My number three. So yeah, we shared the Wall Street. I'll okay. So so we're. Back on. So, okay, we're back on mis- misunderstood lyrics after all that confusion. Misunderstood. Every week, every single week. We need like a referee. All right, so <laughs> number four, Joseph. Tom, get in here. Under hood, uh, under hood, understood lyric. What you got? <laughs> under you know, lyrics. George, you, you talked about like not understanding what the lyrics were and discovering it like a year ago. This one, I. You found probably, out tonight. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Uh, I'm talking about Toto's Africa. Uh, oh, this is my number one. There's nothing that a hundred men or more could ever do is the lyric. I swear oh. to God, I would have bet you a hundred bucks that ain't there's nothing more than a hundred men on Mars could ever do. I really thought they were talking about men on Mars on this one. So, Oh, I have a different misunderstood. Oh, what? okay. So what's yours? <laughs> well, I, I need to wait because it's, it's my number one. So, okay. So, okay. Okay. Sorry. All right. What's no. your number four, George? Uh, hang on. Let me get this Mars thing. Uh, hundred men on Mars. Now we got to wait for you to type on this yeah. show. What's going on? <laughs> well, he didn't say very much about it. You know? <laughs> uh, what, what can I say? Toto I'm like, I'm from the album uh, Toto Four. After there we go. There I'm we go. an idiot. I don't know. I don't listen right. well. <laughs> um, so this one. This is one of my favorite songs from this group. Uh, I don't know why I thought they were saying this. Makes no sense. Uh, I've never known anybody with this name. Um, But from 1974, uh, the opening song on Pretzel Logic from Steely Dan, I thought it was Breaky, Don't Lose That Number. Not Ricky, Breaky. Breaky, don't lose that number. Yeah, I, and I don't know what Breaky is, uh, who that is, but I I genuinely thought that it was Breaky. Don't lose that number. So that is that is my <laughs> misunderhood. Breaky, now, don't lose that number. I, I actually have a song that Jim and I, uh, an original song that Jim and I played one time, uh, that I have all the misunderstood lyrics that I ever did, and it actually mentions breaky in that song <laughs> oh nice nice yeah. it's uh that and one of my other entries in here uh that we'll get to shortly lots of teasers from george tonight folks <laughs> yes very nice george all right so my number four is from the manfred man earth band cover of bruce Springsteen's oh. <laughs> blinded by the light as a young kid hearing revved up like a douche and uh, like a runner in the night uh we know that Springsteen has it revved up like a deuce, uh, which I still don't understand what the heck that means. Uh, a it, deuce it's coupe. a car. It's yeah, a, yeah, a, a deuce, deuce coupe. coupe. Right. So he's flashing back to the Beach Boys, another runner in the night. So, but the, every time I hear the Man for Man version, it sounds like douche. I mean, it's it's so this well. Is, they they sang it wrong. They really sang it wrong. 
They said, dude, this is my number one. This oh, is my really? number one, Jim. This is my <laughs> oh, wow. number one. Well, yeah, yes. talk more about it, Joseph. I mean, you probably did a little more research on it. <laughs> no, no. Basically, that's exactly it. Everyone that sings this thinks it's, it's a douche. Like a douche. A douche. <laughs> <laughs> so like, they, they got the lyric wrong. So this one right here, uh, they, Manfred Mann's Earth Band, actually got it wrong and uh, recorded it. And that is the one that's the hit. Uh, and I saw Springsteen on a storytellers, uh, like a VH1 storytellers many years ago. And he talked about this, what happened here. And, uh, and he said, you know, he made a joke of it that he was talking about a deuce coupe and they come along and they record it. And that, that song goes to number two for them. Uh, and, uh, he said, who am I to say the people have spoken you know, they, they <laughs> want douche instead of deuce. And, um, but yeah, they, this not only was a misunderstood lyric, but they recorded it and made a hit with the misunderstood lyric. Okay. Yeah. So that's, I mean, it's, it's, it was one that to this day, as a kid hearing it still, it sounds like it and still brings me back that memory when I first thought it was douche. So yeah, <laughs> even when I didn't know they're, what douche was. They're singing it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a great uh, word. All right. So we'll, let's move on now to the, Family members number three, and we'll take a break after that. What you got there, Joseph? Take a breaky. Take a break. So, so number three, uh, father son uh, combination again. I'm talking about 2006, The Pursuit of Happiness. This is uh, Will Smith and his son uh, that really have this endearing. Uh, it, it's it's a, a true story uh, about you know. Uh, this 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 guy that's single father. He's trying to make a, a life, a living for him and his son. Uh, he has integrity and all that. And his son is played by a then like six year old, Jayden. you know, Jaden. Yeah, yeah Jaden Smith and all that. The performance is amazing. I think uh, I think he ended up getting uh, Will Smith ended up getting a nomination for it. Well, yeah, the the sacrifices that uh, Will Smith character has to make to try to you know get to business school and and do all this stuff and and you know to follow his dream because he's selling those machines and then the, I think the best scene in there is when they're uh, you know have to spend the night in a public bathroom you know and people are yeah. knocking on the door and stuff like that so a lot of a lot of uh, you know this is my one of my honorable mentions didn't make the cut but yeah it's a good movie I thought you were gonna say that scene where the guy's like what would you say if a guy came in with a shirt like that and he's like. It was a damn fine pair of pants <laughs> during, during the interview. You know. And by the way, I did spell happiness correctly. You did. It you is, did. It is misspelled on the, uh, that's right. In the title. So kind of a play okay. on that. So get Good. your spelling out of my mouth. Sorry. I was trying to do it. <laughs> oh, oh. Wow. Topical. Jim Kovacic. <laughs> so topical. <laughs> Remember when that happened back in 2022? Uh, all right. So George, uh, what is your number three? Well, my final one is going to be the brothers Franco, James and Dave, uh, in 2017's disaster artists. <laughs> have, have y'all seen this movie? Oh yeah. Classic. Love it. Yeah. Love okay. it. <laughs> uh, the film is about the making of another film entitled the room, possibly the worst movie ever, ever made. And, and I know last week we were talking about Ed Wood and Plan 9 from Outer Space. Plan 9 Wood, uh, Ed Wood's movie, it is a horribly made movie, 
but it does have a plot and the plot actually is, is pretty good. This movie, uh, you have things introduced into it and then it just, they never follow up and tie up the loose ends, uh, the room. So James, James Franco plays weird and eccentric writer and director. Uh, Tommy, help me out here, guys. Why is it? Tommy Wayne's. Was it, yes. was it? <laughs> Wyans, right? I think it's, uh, it's Wizeno or, or, or Wizeno. Yeah. Why? Why zoo? Why zoo? Why zoo? But uh, his wait, brother, just say why? Just say Wyans. Tommy, uh, Tommy W. <laughs> uh, and Dave plays. Uh, Dave Franco plays Greg, this aspiring actor. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> oh yeah, it's so great. <laughs> nice. Um, and over twenty minutes of the room from two thousand three was was recreated. Uh, in and they show it in the film and during the credits, uh, and it's just identical the timing, the body language, everything. And uh, but what's interesting is when real life Greg uh wrote this story about the making of, of the room, uh, Tommy said that only two actors could play him. Y'all are gonna love this, guys James Franco or Johnny Depp. Check out last week's Johnny Depp show, y'all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, Waizu was a, a fan of uh, Franco because uh, he claims that he he lived in New Orleans. Uh, and but he he loved the performance that Franco did of, of Sonny in 2002. I actually met Tommy Waizu uh, with my son many years ago, uh, and he is a very kind man and surprisingly uh, very approachable Um but oh, he is—he is just weird as hell, though. Uh, even <laughs> even with that, but a, a nice guy. Very oh, nice hi, guy. George. Yeah. <laughs> so you're so, tearing me apart. Yeah. When when we were doing our, you know, when we were in LA doing our pitch fest and all that kind of stuff, uh, the billboard for the room was up for the longest time in the world. Yes. Uh, that was sort of the thing. Have you watched the room, George? Have you tried I to own, watch it? I own it. Yes, I've. I think I've gone it's unwatchable. To, I think it's unwatchable. Oh, it's so. I have. I, the I can't make it through. Wow. I, I have the DVD that Tommy was selling uh, at a midnight movie uh, in Houston, Texas, at the Old River Oaks Theater. Um, that that's where we met him, and uh, he he talked like for an hour before the movie. So I think the movie, the midnight movie, started like at one thirty that night. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, I've I've got the DVD. You can't buy the DVD, I don't think, uh, anywhere but from him in person. And here's the thing: he was also selling his brand of underwear <laughs> in the theater. Uh, so that's the kind of guy this that he is. Uh, very uh, eclectic is not even there. There needs to be eccentric. Eccentric. It's it's even beyond that. It's uh, I, you know. But again, I expected that, that he was going to be very aloof and everything. Uh, he was, he was genuinely kind, very kind to, to my son who, who is a little shy. Uh, and, um, I, you know, I love him now for his weirdness and for his kind heart. You know, he really spent some time with us. So, uh, great. But, uh, yeah, this movie, the disaster artist, I went and saw it the day it came out in the theater. Uh, and I saw it, there were only three other people in the theater, friends of mine. Uh, I'm sorry, only two other people. There were a total of three of us. 
in the theater, but we, we used to go to the midnight movie and watch it, um, and throw the spoons and run up front and throw the football, you know, when they would have the football scene and all that, but, uh, James and Dave, I know James has been canceled now, so I don't know how that affects their chances of getting on the list, but I, I had to talk about them. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's move on now. My, my number three was uh, on golden pond. So let's go ahead and move to our intermission uh, today, which will it is riding in an old tiny stagecoach. Wow. Should be what, uh, lately we've had all these things where we're riding in a subway or a bus or what is the deal with all of that? Silver. I don't think they do that on the stage. Gotta take this. The sad thing is, it's so loud, and this is exactly what people experience. <laughs> yeah, can, can we turn it down? Hey, boss. Go uh, if, if if we ever did a show on the best stand up routine of all time, Tim Thomerson, stagecoach. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Go watch it on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> let's move back on now to misunderstood lyrics. Joseph. All right. Tom Joseph. is putting us in the poorhouse here. Tom yes. is putting us in the poorhouse. What you got there, Joseph? Number three. So this uh, personal story, George, this is a story that uh, I actually got into argument with a friend of ours that we've mentioned before back in high school. Are they still uh, friends? <laughs> Don Cloud and I got into an argument oh, wow. about this. Oh, this guy. This was from <laughs> this was from Brian Adams, summer of 69, because as a musician, I completely understood the lyrics. I got my first real six string and he kept on saying that I got my first real sex dream. And I was like, no, it's not, uh-huh. it's not a sex dream. It's a sex dream. So uh, there you go. Summer of 69, John Cloud. Yeah. You know, I, heard, he heard, I know toilet sky. He heard 69. He thought it was immediately about that too. Uh, of course. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, George, what's your number uh, three? All right. So my number three from 1980, a Peter Gabriel song and the second line of my misunderstood lyric song, uh, she's so good to us. Oh, wow. Uh, I thought she's so popular. She's uh, so popular. And the <laughs> lyric is actually from Games Without Frontiers. And it's, she's, I'm not even going to try. I it's can't even in say French, the, right? The, right, Mr. It's, it's French. Right, right. 
I'm not, I'm not even going to say anything because the wine thing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the, the lyric is, Breaky, she's so good to us. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, make, that's the one. That's a good one. I forgot about that, George. I thought it was she's so popular all the time. She's so popular. Uh, actually, I think I kind of went in and out of she's so good to us, she's so popular and everything, uh, which made no sense in the song. But, you know, 1980s version of George, I didn't think they're singing in French and then everything else is in English, but yeah. leave it to um, Peter Gabriel. I mean, he did give us the lyric shock the monkey. So, you know, were you really going to question it? Nice. It's just, ah, it's Peter Gabriel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My number three as a kid was misunderstood in the song, We Will Rock You by Queen. When the line says kicking your can all over the place, I thought it was kicking your cat all over the place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Been wow. a, definitely a uh you know uh, animal cruelty type line but <laughs> we found out it was can and you know can back in the 70s meant but you know so there you go it made sense once i figured it out but my first one was kicking your cat all over the place which would be kind of you know that would that would be like some dominance right there i'm coming in there i'm kicking your cat all over the place or can so there you go. That's my number three. We're moving on now. To well, let me ask you guys, when, yeah. when you find out what the lyric is, are you like sad that, oh, I, I got it wrong all these years? Or it's like, no, I'm, I'm sticking with it. I like I like the kicking the cat thing. You know, I know it's wrong, but, you know, do y'all? Yeah, I just, I, I, you know, sometimes you read the lyrics, you're completely surprised. Like, oh, yeah. really? that's and, and in fairness, we, we probably should have started the show this way. We did not have the benefit of the internet where you could just go look up the yeah, lyric. Exactly. There was exactly. nothing. You had nothing. Oh. If, if it was a, sometimes if it was an album, they would have the lyrics on the back of, of the album or on the inner sleeve, uh, which is going to be hilarious to my my number two because this girl that I was with, she totally got this one wrong. But um, yeah, now literally today i go and i just look at the lyrics you know yeah. do a search and oh yeah yeah that's, there's no that's real mystery to it so but yeah, yeah so. all the fun is gone thank you internet <laughs> number two family uh movie there joseph what you got on family. golden pond okay george what is yours i'm all done my number two is luke and owen wilson my number two Take your pick, you know. Oh, okay. My number two is uh, does include Owen Wilson, and Andrew Wilson is also in this movie as his trainer during a famous walk off. I'm oh. talking about Zoolander from 2001 that features Jerry Stiller, Ben Stiller, and oh, yeah. Anne Mira, the mother, is also in there. And I think they're even their sisters in there somewhere. But uh, the, the main relationship is Jerry Stiller, who plays Zoolander, and Marty Ballstein. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> Uh, no, no, sorry. Ben Stiller plays Zoolander and Marty Ballstein played by uh, Jerry Stiller. So, yeah, uh, this is on my honorable mention. And and uh, the mother's in there. Yeah, and Mira. Yep. That's what I just said. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the eggs. The eggs. I'm sorry. I was hey, thinking the eggs. For, thanks for, uh, you know, keeping up with the show, Joseph. Yeah, we appreciate it. <laughs> Are we, still, are we still doing this? Oh, okay. There's your apology today, right there. Not paying attention during the show. Yeah. Um, Jerry and Ben, though, uh, what's great about this combination, they were also in Heavyweights and Hot Pursuit and Heartbreak Kid. Yeah. And, of course, Zoolander, too. So the two of them did a lot. But I, I do like when it's mother, father, and son yeah. all, and this all one, together. This one is a lot better than those. I mean, I did like a little some elements of the Heartbreak Kid. And Zoolander, too, yeah. was a disappointment. But this one's a lot better. I mean, what? this one has everything on, on all cylinders. I mean, you have the... Uh, 
the pushy Jerry Stiller here and you have this super dumb Ben Stiller, <laughs> which is a good combination for a, com- a comedic team. So, so look, like I, I've got a Rush tie-in. Joseph, did you ever see Rush, uh, the stuff where they had uh, Jerry Stiller on their last tour announcing yeah. the band? I thought that was hilarious. I don't know. I guess uh, they were just big fans of, of him, but hilarious. But, uh, and also his wife is in the film too. His wife plays the reporter Matilda in the movie. Yeah. So, so that's a whole family affair here. And, uh, it's funny too, his family in the movie, uh, the Zoolander model family is John Voigt <laughs> with black hair and Vince Vaughn. And then that other guy who's on 30 rock is their family. Which is yeah. Like, <laughs> but they're all hit. Their hair is all that thick, uh, Zoolander head. All right. So that's my number two on now to, Number two, misheard lyric. What you got there, Joseph? Uh, okay, you guys are going to really be offended by this because it's the Beatles. Uh, this is something that, unfortunately, I, I, I thought the lyrics were a certain thing until I found out what the word was. And then I was like, oh, well, that really doesn't make sense. And the Beatles, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Oh, no. The this is my lyric, number two. The actual lyric is the girl with kaleidoscope eyes. And I really thought, like a lot of people did, this is a common one, a girl with kaleidos goes by. Oh, no. Look at this. Are you serious? I am serious. Denise Hansen, <laughs> the girl I was with, she really thought, I, I really, I can't believe did you me know and Denise? Denise? No, me and Denise must have thought the same thing. <laughs> Colitis. That, that makes the list, y'all. <laughs> yes. Irritable bowel syndromes. That's what the Beatles were singing about. <laughs> and, and that's what I was saying. What's crazy is if you have the Sgt. Pepper album on the back, they have all of the lyrics listed. Uh, but yeah, she thought it was. Instead of uh, the girl with kaleidoscope eyes, it's the girl with colitis walks by. I didn't even know what colitis was until she sang it. And I'm like, well, what is, that's not the lyric, but what is colitis? And then she explained it to me. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know what colitis was until college. And so all oh. through high school, I was singing it. Thinking, okay, colitis, it must be something. <laughs> wow. So there you go. It makes the list. I can't believe that. I mean, I, that that is pretty amazing because I that, thought I had a, both of you said had the same number two. Yes. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Uh, my number two is probably the most recent entry into the misunderstood lyrics, which has come to 2014. Taylor Swift, a song called "Blank Space" that my kids used to listen to all the time, and I I thought it was a pretty good song. In the line, she has the line that she says, "Got a long list of lovers," uh, but it sounded to me like <laughs> uh, or, or, uh, all of my Starbucks lovers. And this, this was like heard by a lot of people. They even made a shirt with the Starbucks logo and the line on there with Taylor Swift's face, because it sounds like it, it really does. I got a list of Starbucks lovers. And it, I mean, and all the Starbucks people, all the coffee people were like, Hey, this is something, That's she us. but <laughs> nope, it was just her personal long list of lovers that, uh, you know, were very public. So, uh, wow. my blank space, Taylor Swift, 2014, I was this, with the this phenomenon is is so uh, it, it happened so much with my wife that i bought her a shirt that is a picture of a lemon uh you know the fruit a lemon 
and balanced on the shoulders of a pear. And it says, whoa, whoa, we're halfway there. Lemon on a pear, you know, from the Bon Jovi song. <laughs> nice. This is, yeah. it is so common in my house and it's hilarious. Yeah. And it's always, you know, we're jamming out in the car or whatever. And it's like, wait, wait, what, what did, what did you just say? What do you think the lyric is? And and she knows that my daughter and I've got her and she's like, she won't repeat it. It's like, no, what did you say? Okay, you George, know? I'm just saying right now, it's hurtful. Okay. Because my daughter and wife do it to me all the time. It's very hurtful. <laughs> I'm trying to sing. I'm into the song and they start laughing at me. And the girl <laughs> with colitis walks by. <laughs> we had the, uh, no, we had the ultimate roommate, Joseph. And I oh, Steve, Steve Bubba Outlaw. Wrong. <laughs> he sang out on everything and he sang everything wrong. It was just, it was just a miracle. It was, it How was the summer that? when uh, Bananarama had Cruel Summer <laughs> and he started singing Blue it. Blue Summer. <laughs> Blue, blue summer. Jim and I made fun of him so much. From that. It's like weird. Blue, cruel. blue summer. What's a blue summer? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. I want to know. But anyway, it's so right. great. So, so great. Let's move on now to the number one family movie. Uh, Joseph, what you got? Uh, this one, fantastic movie, Academy Award winner. Youngest Academy Award winner. Oh, we got uh, the same for one. several years. Paper Moon, nineteen seventy three. Yeah, that's it. Ryan and Tatum O'Neill. And I watch uh, for some reason. I watch this every time it comes on. I don't know why. Because it's good. It is it's really just good. so good. You know uh, the interaction between them. She's amazing. You know, uh, forget that she's a kid actor. Her performance is is wonderful. His performance. It's at the top of his game. Yeah. You know, with it, uh, this is about a a depression era con man that uses his daughter to go around and sell Bibles to uh widow <laughs> widowers, you know, yeah. uh saying that basically their deceased husband or wife or bought a Bible for them. <laughs> yeah, bought a Bible for them and 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 you know, they didn't pay him yet. So the widowers you know, sort of like guilted into buying the Bible. It's it's just it's it's a wonderful story, great performance, and I you know, think it's. Go ahead. No, I just I just think yeah, I think you're right. And then Bogdanovich is so good. I mean, capturing that yeah, that kind of. I know that uh, Last Picture Show was a little bit later in time than this movie, but he's so good at capturing just with the everything that yeah. happened, the whole and then the whole uh, kids smoking and all this kind of stuff. It was just a different era for for her to be so kind of street smart as a kid, you know, that they had to be <laughs> during the Great Depression. So, I mean, it really captured a time. It's a love it that it's in black and white. I know at this time uh, we saw this is when the filmmakers were given a little bit more rights because they were making the movies that were making all the money, uh, you know. So he wanted to do this in black and white because he was able to do the other one in black and white, the uh, last picture show. And it really, I think I, I can't imagine seeing this movie in color, you know? Yeah. Oh no, no, it wouldn't true. work. So there you go. Well guys, uh, check this out. Now we have an issue here. It's a family affair. What's the issue? We have, we have six movies that are on our list. We have to actually kick out, a movie that has Joseph, an agreement. Joseph, we, we have okay. five. Get, there's, get your, uh, that, that's added to your apology at the end. So if one, not paying attention to the so show. So we, not guys, be we have, we have a total of <laughs> oh. five here. 
Henry and Jane Fonda. Okay, we got a match, a three-way match <laughs> on Golden Pond. I can't spell. We're perfect. Um, we've got Luke and Owen Wilson in uh, Royal Tenenbaums, or my favorite uh, of them, Bottle Rocket. John and Joan Kuzak. You got like five movies to pick from there. Uh, I've, I've, I was thinking gross point blank personally. Uh, Charlie and Martin Sheen from Wall Street. And then finally, Paper Moon with Ryan and Tatum O'Neill. So we don't have to vote oh, or debate. We are, we are done there. I, the only uh, well, no, I didn't have any. Uh, my my runner-ups were uh, the Sheens in Wall Street and uh, the Stillers in Zoolander. Yeah. So my my runner-up. This is crazy because my runner-up was Luke and Owen Wilson in Bottle Rocket. This so. might be a perfect show. Wait, let's get to the misunderstood. Uh, other than that, that Wyans thing. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I can't count, so let's yeah. just go. <laughs> yeah, you've Wyans. done that. You've done that before, though. That's what's funny. <laughs> like the ancient Wyans. Um, yes. okay, so let's go ahead and uh, uh, get our number ones for Miss yes. Joseph, yes. what you got? Uh, number one. Well, I already did it. Man for man. Man for okay. dance. Earth man. What is your number one? So Toto makes the list again, and Toto's song, Africa, song about space exploration on Mars, uh, <laughs> makes the list. And this is true, Jim. We started playing this song in the, the band that Jim and I are in because uh, it's just such an easy crowd pleaser. The song's not easy, but people just love this, this crazy song. I did not know the lyrics were, I bless the rains down in Africa. Until I started singing this song, I thought, I miss the rains down in Africa. I miss the rains. Yeah. I miss the rains down in Africa. And turns out it's actually, I bless the rains, which actually, I think makes more sense to miss <laughs> the rains than to bless the rains. Yeah. But, you know, what are you going to do? But that okay, is my uh, number one. Uh, George, you've just taught me something because I really did think that it was I missed the rains. Oh, so, so just, it makes the canister. <laughs> you just you just corrected me. <laughs> I'm admitting I really thought it was I missed the rains. So there you go. So it makes the canister just on that alone. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, my number one was uh, misunderstood understood by my Nana uh, R.I.P. And she. Um, oh boy. There was a time when when Saturday Night Fever came out, and my mom will deny this because she's now in her the religious older phase of her life. <laughs> she will deny that she saw it like well, like five times at the theater when I know they did. They went multiple times uh, to watch the dancing and everything because at that time there's no VHS. You can't like put it on replay or watch it or rewind or anything. You had to go actually go to the movie to watch it again. Hey, you don't touch the hair, man. But uh, the mood, the song "More Than a Woman," <laughs> which uh, which was uh, done by the Bee Gees, and it's also done by uh, uh, I think Tavares on the album too. Uh, she thought, and this goes back to your number five, George. She thought it was "Bald Headed Woman." Bald headed oh, woman. Another bald. Bald headed woman. To what me. is it? What is it with these bald headed women? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. But she was pretty sure it was bald headed woman, even though we had the soundtrack and pointed to the the back of the album and said, "That's why she kept woman. going back to the theater. She was looking for where's this bald headed woman." But yeah, I remember when she told me that I was uh, I was dying as a kid. It was just like, oh, Jim, oh, no, I I, I want to show you my paper here. 
my honorable mention, oh, no. ball headed woman. Oh, the VGs. Then it's got to make it. Yeah, it's, it's, nice. it's not a You're You're Nana and I could have sung a du- duet together. <laughs> we could have done karaoke with so bald headed women. A lot, lot of love for bald headed women. <laughs> yeah. Today. So that's like, so we got the uh, Lucy in the Sky, Africa, Blinded by the Light, and More Than a Woman. We just need that last one. And well, what we have well, to choose we can do from that. is bald headed woman. I don't think. That that need the Eric Clapton bald headed woman needs to make it in, uh, since we've already got representation. <laughs> um, Breaky, don't lose that number. Uh, she's so good to us. The uh, Games Without Frontiers, Rock the Casbah, Rock uh, the Cash Bar, Rock the ca- Cash Bar. Well, what, what was the Sharif don't like it? They, oh, they the sheep was, don't like it. Yeah, the, the sheep don't like it. <laughs> yeah, the sheep don't like it. I don't think they do. <laughs> um, well, I'm, every I'm, woman. I'm every woman, uh, well, changed every by woman. Whitney Houston. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of, you know, we've already got Africa in there, but we I really got like the, the idea of all of a sudden they're on Mars. It's going to Mars. All these little I, Martians going to, it's going to take a hundred Martians to pull me away from you. It's <laughs> basically what that is. Uh, the summer of '69. I don't know if we're going to give Cloud any any love there. Well, it's got. We will rock your cat, <laughs> or um, for all those Starbucks lovers, blank yeah. space. Yeah. So what do y'all want to do? I don't know. I kind of. Like, I mean, I, I see what you said. I just don't want. I want to with the same song and twice with having some other options like rock. No, the yeah. I always thought that 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 was they had some crazy lyrics in there that I never knew till I actually. Well, and then people whenever first came out of there, they were claiming that at one point he switched the word rock with the oh, F-bomb, yeah. with the F-bomb, because a lot of people would sing it that way at our St. Mary's dances that we would do, <laughs> like our religious dances, whenever they would play this song, yeah. people start shouting the lyrics and yeah, well, that, someone that, would... That, that doesn't that's, end. That's you know, what I, the, the sheep, that's what the sheep are <laughs> The sheep liking. don't like it. Exactly. They don't like but, it when y'all do that. Oh yeah, I've DJed some parties and people have heard really clean versions. They've heard every possible f- profanity in there. I'm like, it's clean! Listen to back to it! And listen back to it. <laughs> okay, it is clean. But I, you know, I thought I heard it, you know. And then also I've got the uh, I couldn't play, you, and you have both versions. You just I, swap it out, right? I couldn't play Chicken <laughs> Fried at one time. It mentions alcohol. <laughs> Isn't oh, the Chicken what? Fried in a beer? Oh. Yeah, it's like, oh boy. Okay. Anyways, uh, so what do we got? What was she so good to us? Oh, that That's was okay. the Games okay. Without okay. Frontiers. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. What, uh, For our French listeners, and we, we've got some folks in in France that that listen. Uh, every week they listen. That's to one I, but you know, that, that is one I completely mistake. I mean, I, I didn't know it was in French. I thought it was, she's so popular for sure. Yeah. Uh, she's so that might be a good one. I mean, yeah, let's, let's summer- do that one. I'm, I'm good right. with that one. I'm Peter good with Gabriel. that one. Cause we, we must misheard it in a completely different language. It was in French, but we thought it was in English. <laughs> and, and you know, the album that that's off of, right? The one where his face melts. Well, uh, the top, what Peter is Gabriel except for soul? No, it's just Peter Gabriel. All of his albums up until so. Uh, oh, is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all. Peter all right, Gabriel. George, you need to apologize too. I'm. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Joseph. <laughs> uh, so I think the show is done, and we don't even do an apology because the show's I, over. I think we've apologized enough today. Uh, I, I kind of want to hear one. 
fine. Right. Um, <laughs> all right. From our longtime listener, Jody Noblet, he writes in episode 41, guys. Talk about all these great fantasy creatures, and you forget about the greatest of them all. The Kraken. That's right. We oh, forgot wow. to release it on the show. The great sea monster. So, Jody Noblet, we are so sorry. We apologize. We apologize. That's right. We're sorry. We suck. Oh, oh you got to yeah, apologize. I, I never stuff. agreed to the title of that, though. Are you going to apologize for stuff happening on this show? Yeah, this, that would be. Oh, like no. A, no. Hour long apology. I'm, I'm, I'm never wrong. Okay. <laughs> Uh well that's it then guys that is it. That uh, is it. let's uh crispy cut we we didn't have to debate anything really I mean that was a, really. that was an easy debate yeah, so th- this is the the kind show you know okay this so is- this is where we need to wrap it up real quick because we tend to get on this thing of like we make really good time and then we just talk our way into a long episode oh but the fans love that yes <laughs> <laughs> you just practice what you preached right there. <laughs> We could have just ended the show instead of that whole little diatribe right there. Oh. <laughs> it's not like George talking about it. Uh, Lady Elaine Fairchild. I've, I've got more notes. We're doing <laughs> it right now. No, we're doing it right now. We're doing it right uh, now. ChristmasButterRobots.com is where you need to go for all the information about the show, the album reviews, the merch. We haven't mentioned the merch in a long time, which you have a bunch of merch there too. Hopefully you got some new merch. I don't know. I haven't checked in a while. So... Go there, crispycutterrobots.com. And remember, there's always There's always tomorrow. (laughs) Or is there? There's always the Wyans. There's always the Wyans. I can't even pronounce it as bad as you did. (laughs) Fine. I'm going to have to change my entries to stuff I can pronounce. (laughs) 